Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Perek Tes Zion, the last Pasuk in the Perek, Lamedalad Biyomov Bonochiel Beisraeli Es Yericho. So we saw yesterday in the closing seconds of the Shir, a very quick introduction to the most evil king, his name is synonymous with just venal, malevolent, evil King Achav and his equal, his wife Izevel, and they already have started on a crusade, as it were, of Avodazara. She has built a temple, or had him build a temple to the Baal, her god. He follows the Ashtaros. He, there's no Avodazara he is not uh, attached to. And then in the last puzzle, a seeming non sequitur that has no place in the narrative, certainly not between the two parkim. And let me read it. Lamidzawa. Biyomov bonov chiel beisraeli es yuricho. In those days, Chiel built up the city of Yuricho uh, and when he reached Baverim Bechar Yosta, when he reached the finish, the foundation, his Bechar Yizda, Yizda Bechar at the time was a Barim, but when he finished the foundation, his Bechar Aviram died. Ubeshagud Tsiro and his youngest child, Hatsid Dilaseha, at the time he completed the Doors died. Kidvar Hashem, according to the word of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Asher Tiber Biyad Yoshua Ben Nun, who spoke this to Yoshua Ben Nun. So, what is going on here? Um, apparently, we have to go back to Sefer Yoshua in Chavav, Pasuk Chavav Perik Vav. Yoshua after the conquest of Yericho, and we have seen that Yericho was the first city B'nai Israel encounters after crossing the Yardin, and they must conquer it, and it is conquered in a most miraculous way that leaves no room to attribute it to all natural causes of Teva. It is a pure miracle from beginning to end. If you will recall the encirclement of the city for seven days with the Kohanim carrying the ark, the blowing of the chauffeurs, and on the seventh day there are blasts from all the chauffeurs and all the people, and the city collapses. A total miracle. And following that, let me read you Pasuk Chav Vav. By Yishba Yoshua, the Esahi, and at that time Yoshua took an oath, Lemor. Orur Ha'ish, cursed be the man, Lifnei Hashem before God, Asher Yokum Uvono Esair Hazos Es Yericho, who builds again the city Yericho, Bifchoro Yisadeno, in he, when he completes the foundation, his Bechor will die, and when he completes the doors, his youngest child, his youngest son will die. And so we see that that is exactly what happened 
in stages. As he finished each stage, another son died. So the Mephorshim tell us that this is a very strongly protected uh, Esur, a kolo, that is put on B'nai Israel. For one, it doesn't just mean Yericho on the site. It means any city named Yericho. The name was banned in its own, and that you were not to build, of course, on the site, nor were you to build elsewhere and call the city Yericho, because the Kaddish Baruch who wants this preserved to enshrine the wonderful miracle that he did. He does not want the city built up again. He doesn't want another city built in Rico and puts this terrible curse on anyone who does it. And Chiel does it. And it comes true. At each stage, Chiel loses another Bechor until at the end, he loses his youngest son. Who, who is Chiel? Why, why, why is he doing this? I'm delighted that you asked. Okay, who is Chiel? And why doesn't Chiel stop after he sees, all right, the first one, before some say, it could be an accident. His son died as he finished the foundation. But thereafter, every stage, shouldn't he realize there's something terribly afoot, you know, that's wrong? So, thanks to the Gomorrah in Sanhedrin, Daph, uh, Kuf Yud Gimel, they fill in the blanks here and it makes a, an interesting connection. Chiel was a general as well as a very good friend of Achav. It connects him to Achav. And he is a very powerful man and decides he is going to build this. This is 500 years after the curse. And if you will notice in Pasuk Lamedalit, he builds the city Yericho with a hay instead of with a vav. The last letter is altered. And of course, what happens is the kola is fulfilled. And now the Gemara tells us a very interesting metrish. So he is sitting Shiva, Chiel. And Achav is in attendance, being one of his close friends. And the Kaddish Baruch who orders Eliyahu Hanabi, who we are going to meet in the first sentence of the next passage, to make a shiva call at the house of Chiel. And Eliyahu is very adamant and reluctant not to go. And he argues with the Kaddish Baruch who says, why must I go? It's only going to be a scene where they blaspheme your name, where they completely ridicule the thing, they completely challenge the validity of it. Why do I have to go? And the Kaddish Baruch who says, you must go. However, if they do blaspheme, you have my permission to pronounce any curse you want on them and I will back you up on it. So he goes, the Medrash, and by the way, the Chafetz Chaim learns from this that even if the person is a Russia, is an evil man, you do the chesed that you're supposed to in a normal situation, like the Shiva call. So he goes to the Shiva call, and they, of course, get into a discussion, Achav and Eliyahu, where Achav tries to argue that it should not be 
a valid curse now. And what he does is taunt Eliyahu, as Eliyahu predicted he would, and say, your Moshe is not even the same Navi as, as even today there is, because Moshe, when he wants to punish B'nai Yisrael, because they're doing Avodah Zarah, punishes them with, they will not have rain and their crops will not grow. And we see today, we're openly doing Avodah Zarah, the sun is shining, the crops are growing, there is no rainfall. And with that, he pronounces a curse, Eliyahu, as he told the Kodesh who he would, that from the, there's going to be a terrible drought in the land. He turns and leaves. So, now we begin Yud Zion with that introduction. We pick it up, Pasuk Aleph. By Yomer Eliyahu HaTishbi, Mitzvah Gilad and Eliyahu, the Tishbi from Gilad, that would be on the eastern side of the Jordan, says to Achav, Chai Hashem, by the Kodesh Baruch, who I take a shru, Elohei Yisrael, Asher Amati Lefanov, Imiyeh Hashanim HaEletal Umotor. If there will be rain or dew, Moshe never did have the dew, but if there will be rain or dew in the land, Kiyim Lefidavarai, according to my words. Um, so now let's first stop and say, well, who's Eliyahu Hachishbi? There are a lot of Mepharshim. First, let's try and fix his identity. Some say he was, in fact, a lot Mepharshim say he was a Kohen. Another says he was the Gilgal, the reincarnation of Pinchas, who we've met. Others say he's not the exact Gilgal of Pinchas, but rather they are connected to each other by the same temperament and philosophy, that concept of kanos, of zealotry for the honor of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Others say he shaved God. Others um, put him in um, a different tribe, um, in various different shvatim. But he is a Navi, he is a Kanoi, as we've seen already. And so now, after he has done this, and the Kodesh Baruch Hu has backed him up with a terrible drought, he says to Elio, Posakimo, Lech Mizeh, now get up, leave, Ufonisa Lachakedma, turn east, and you start up in Nachal Chris, and you are to hide yourself along Nachal Chris, Asher Pnei Hayardin, which is on the banks of the Jordan. And you will drink, you will get your water from the Jordan. And I have instructed Aravim, which are ravens, to feed you from there. He does what the Kodesh Baruch Hu orders. Which is on the banks of the Jordan. They bring him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat at night. And he drinks water from the Jordan. So the first question is, where is the, the meat coming from? 
In other words, how does he get fresh meat each day? Some say he gets it the Arev, the Raiden took it from the palace of Achav, to, in other words, reinforce the punishment. It's coming from Achav's household. Some say the Arev seeks it out. He gets it miraculously, which would seem natural. Then the question is, why is the raven the messenger? And for that, you go to a beautiful measure in Noah, where Noah is commanded to send out the raven to find out if the land is dry. Uh, and the question is, Noah objects to it. The raven is a very despised animal. As Noah points out in the measure, he's not kosher, he is tummy. He can't be eligible for eating or for a korban. Why conscript the raven even to send him out to check if the flood has subsided? The Kodesh who says, do not denigrate the raven. The raven someday will be used to perform an amazing miracle. And we're referring to, of course, to Eliyahu. And so we see that the raven, because exactly he has these terrible midos of axorio, he is brutal, he is um, predatory, that is what we hope that out of this experience we can even take the most bizarre kind of um, predatory animal and turn him into a servant of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, who performs miracles as we see for the prophet. By the way, some say a raven doesn't mean raven literally. A raven is a group of people, an indigenous group there in the um, territory of the Yardane that does feed him. But so most unfortunately agree me, it's a raven. Let me ask a, a question or make a comment. So every time we discuss you know, free will, and, and, and we talk about uh, the Melachim and that they, 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 you know, Yerobam and Rehobam and all these guys, they, they had the opportunity. But here, in this story, back in the time of Noah, Hashem is saying, I'm going to have, he knows exactly where Israel's going to be. Yeah. So, so oh. what is the has the so he knows that whatever free will they have, they're not using it, right? Because I mean, in the midrash at least, right. he's saying the raven's going to be used is going to perform a miracle, right? In other words, yes, the Kaddish world who sees like, limitless into the future, but man still under Bechira Chafshit has the opportunity and the ability and the option of changing it by his own behavior. And often he doesn't, but we don't know when he does. But the point is that both points are right. Kaddish knows just what's coming up thousands of years ahead, and at the same time, man can avert it with Bechira Chavshin. So now, Vayelech Vayaschek in Bar Hashem, he does what the Kaddish Baruch says, Vayelech Vayashok Benachal Chris, and the ravens bring him each day uh, his lechem and his bosor. By Yehimi Kate's Yomim, and uh, Yomim usually means the passage of a year. By Yibash Hanachal Kiloha Yogeshem Bars. And now the drought is so severe that the Nachal, the Jordan River, has dried. Mephoshim take the word by Yibash, and it's by Yibash Hanachal 
contains the words of Tishbe, but it's in a loose arrangement. In any case, now he gets his next instruction. By he devour Hashem a lovely more. Come, go, lech Tsorfasa. Tsorfasa is not France, but a city in Asherlet uh, Sidon, near Sidon. So we're assuming this city is right outside the borders of the ten tribes, which kind of uh, would loosen Achav's ability to hunt him down. And so he's in Sidon, the Yashavtosham, you will dwell there. He isha I have commanded a widow who will take care of your needs, who will support you. He goes. He doesn't know which widow, who it is. He comes to the entrance of the city. A widow is gathering wood. He calls to her. Would you kindly get me some water in a utensil and I will drink of it? It's almost, not almost, it's an exact replay of Eliezer at the well with, with Rivka. And she goes to get it, but before she reaches it, he calls after her, Could you bring back a loaf of bread when you bring the water? Interestingly, she doesn't know who Elio is, but she must send something because she takes the vow to your God. If I have anything, all I have in my total possession is a handful of flour in a cod, in a jug, and a small amount of oil in a utensil. I'm trying to get two logs together, and to make for me Livni, my son, we are at starvation, literally. Because of the drought, there is the famine, and we are very poor, and we absolutely literally have nothing. Do not worry. Do is what we've talked about. Strange request. Give me an uga katana like a cake made out of this bread first. And then you may go and give this to your son, you and your son. Secondly, so why is he getting the bread first? One, it could possibly be um, to continue this test. Moreover, the Mephoshim seized upon it in answering that question of identity of Eliyahu, that he was in fact a Kohen, that this was some form of Maser or Truma first, that if, when he eats, then he could perform this miracle he's about to perform. You will not miss anything from this jug of flour or this um, utensil of oil. It will not diminish. 
The miracle is that it will constantly replenish itself in there to the exact amount from the day before. Ad yom teis Hashem geshem until the Kodesh Baruch Hu gives geshem al penei ha'adoma. Vatelech vatasek et This woman does just what Elio commands. Vatochal he v'hu uveisa yomim. And they eat for an unlimited amount of days. Each day, there is that same amount of kemach, there is that same amount of oil. Kad ha-kemach lo kolosa, the um, flour doesn't end, the tzapachat ha-shemen, the jug of oil doesn't lo chaser, kidvar ha-shem asher diber yad eliyahu. So that is the woman, that is woman does whatever Eliyahu does, what the Kaddish Baruch Hu commands, and she keeps Eliyahu sustained. And now we're going to see a tragedy occur to the woman, and Eliyahu performs a miraculous act that restores the child to the woman. 8.45 a.m. Friday, Ad Khan.